You're listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Hi, and welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. As always, I am Andrew Berkshire from the Montreal Gazette and Game Over Montreal on the Steve Dangle Podcast Network, and I'm joined by Mary Clark from For the Win. You can follow us on Twitter at Andrew Berkshire and at Mary C. Clark. And hey, throw the show's Twitter account at Crosscheck NHL a follow as well, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's everywhere you can possibly think of and more. Uh, thanks for making us your first listen of the day. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, we enjoy talking to you guys when you chat us up, and uh, we've got a pretty interesting show today. We've got to talk about the Ottawa Senators having a COVID breakout, which I think most of us thought was a little bit behind us with vaccination, but 10 players on their team are on the COVID list right now. Uh, We've got John Tortorella reminding us that he probably shouldn't coach in the NHL anymore by uh, trash-talking Connor McDavid. And then we've got the Leafs, and we'll follow that up with our pop culture segment where, you know, maybe we watched something on the weekend, maybe we didn't. Depends how busy we were. But uh, before we get into the hockey stuff, Mary, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Good. My weekend was good. Um, it's, I think I say this every week, but I'm busy, especially this year. It's just uh, like, it's like this time of year. It's very, a very busy time. Uh, so I had... Um, I tried to relax as much as I could because the next couple weekends for me are completely like booked up between, you know, family stuff. Uh, I'm actually going to see um, a Penn State football game next weekend. So I'm going away, uh, which will be fun. Hopefully they win. And it wasn't like and it's not like this week where it was a miserable game to watch. But uh, yeah, it's just it, it's a busy time of year for me. So I'm trying to enjoy the the moments I have of peace and quiet before it's completely overtaken by family stuff and, you know, holiday prep and, you know, the holidays in general. So it was it was a good weekend, a nice, uh, relaxing, I feel, you know, well-rested and ready for the week ahead. Yeah, I mean, it was not a restful weekend for me. I had <laughs> uh, games both nights, so I didn't really get much chance to sit down and relax in the evenings. Uh, it was still work as much as I enjoy watching hockey. Um, the kids were very grumpy all weekend long, so that was fun to deal with. But uh, other than that, not so bad. Uh, did the well, we'll talk about that at the end there. What I got up to this weekend because that's like really the only pop culture thing that I have to talk about because we didn't get to watch anything. So we'll do that uh, a little bit later. Tease it for later in the show before we uh get too deep into. The fun stuff. We got to talk about the Senators. This is a, a bit of a emergency here. I think there's ten players now in COVID protocol. Mary, do you think we're close to getting a game delayed here? Because it seems kind of crazy that they're playing anyway. Yeah. Um. I mean, we mentioned a little bit before. I think in like a couple of shows past that the Penguins were dealing with a like a small outbreak of their own. But it wasn't nearly as bad. It was not nearly as bad as this. Um, I mean, some of the big name, you know, Penguins players were out with it. But, you know, this is 10 players. That's a lot of people on your roster. Um, But it really does feel like we are approaching some sort of, you know, delay of some kind. I hope they do. I hope the NHL does. Um, I mean, because you're right. You had mentioned up at the top that um, it felt like we were kind of past this considering we, you know, NHL players are basically all fully vaccinated but you know you can still get um the you can still get it even if you are vaccinated so 
um, it's just it's really unfortunate all around, and it really is just kind of you know a, it's a pretty it's a pretty big story just because we had mentioned it back when the NHL said that they were going to the Olympics, but one of the big caveats is that uh, the schedule has to continue to stay not as is because I bet they have some you know built in days to make up games and whatnot, but it has to stay pretty clear in February considering they have the both the All Star break and the Olympics. So, uh, we're getting to that point where I feel like, I feel like we should have probably shut the Senators down a handful of days ago, but if this gets worse, the NHL, I think, has to, um, and I know that probably won't be, you know, people won't be happy about that, um, just because, you know, it puts things like the Olympics in jeopardy, but players' health should be first and foremost here. Um, it just really, it really sucks to see. It's, it's a absolute reminder that we are still not out of this pandemic, even though we absolutely wish we could be. Um, so I just, you know, hope for the best, um, for all the senators and, you know, I, I really do think that the NHL should, you know, maybe shut them down for a few days just so it doesn't spread to other teams and get and make it worse. So, cause this time it's not going to be just contained to one specific division. Every team is playing every other team this year. So for the health and safety of everybody, I hope, you know, things get better, but I think if it gets worse, the NHL will have to step in here. Yeah, that's, I think the big thing is that because there's so much international travel, well not, I guess it's not, it is international. Yeah. Just between two countries. Mm-hmm. There's so much travel now back and forth and across state lines, across all the United States, all of Canada. You got to be a little bit more careful. And it could be that maybe they're being more aggressive with pulling people into protocol this year, uh, you know, better isolation, because it seems like they we haven't yet had a cross-contamination between teams, at least that's been reported. But with 10 players or 10 members of the Ottawa Senators organization in protocol, that gets to a tipping point pretty quickly. You know, like it, it becomes a big issue. And I'm just, I'm wondering, honestly, based on the number of cases that are happening in Canada right now, and even in the United States, and how many are happening among vaccinated individuals, which frankly is not very many, how you could get 10 players on the same team infected. Like somebody has to have been like a super spreader or something in that organization because that's pretty intense. And I know you can get it while vaccinated, but your chances of getting it are significantly lower. So it's a, it's a bit of a quandary. I know that NHL players or NHL people in NHL organizations have higher exposure than the average person because of the travel, because of the amount of people they're exposed to on a daily basis. But I'm starting to wonder here about how fishy the whole NHL situation is and the 100% outside of Tyler Bertuzzi vaccination rate. Starting to wonder a little bit. Not accusing anyone, but starting to wonder if maybe there's something fishy I mean, going you had, on. You had talked about it. We had mentioned it briefly. Um, I don't remember what the discussion was, but you had said that just in general, it's very likely that there are people like if you know Evander Kane probably considering the statistics probably isn't the only one to have used a fake vaccination card we're not saying that you know your favorite player uh is definitely faking uh having like having been vaccinated but the idea is out there but I don't like I think we should maybe you know steer clear away from you know trying to we're not we're not accusing people no no uh, we're not is, investigating either you yeah know? it's like, just one it's... of those things and like I, I don't want to you know make any major proclamations on it because I am not a doctor so I don't know all the you know medical science stuff but it just sucks all around um and I hope that 
for everybody's sake, people weren't lying because this is serious stuff. And, you know, we've seen how it can affect players. I mean, what was it? Two players on the Oilers um, aren't playing this season because of symptoms, uh, because of, you know, things they contracted because of COVID or having COVID. I don't remember specifically. We talked about it on a previous episode, uh, but it, it impacts it impacts people uh so like i said i really hope for everyone's sake that you know this is just one of those unfortunate cases where you do get a little bit of a breakout like a covid breakout even though everybody's vaccinated but we have no idea all we have to go on is everybody's word here so yeah it's a it's a tough one i feel like there's the issue with this kind of situation is there's actually not that much more to say about it so maybe we'll just move on from it quickly and uh do you Obviously, think, we though, hope- do you think, though, um, we're going to get to a point where, uh, like, other teams get, you know, breakouts, like major COVID breakouts? And basically what I'm going to ask is, do you think the NHL is going to go to the Olympics? Are we? I think they will. I okay. think, you know, player safety is a big deal and they have to worry about that. But just from what we know about the NHL, uh, the dollar rules all. And the Olympics stand to be such a giant uh, opportunity for the NHL, they they will bend over backwards to make sure it happens. Okay. The whole like not going to the last Olympics thing, that was all just setting the table for the Olympics in China. Like they want to get something in that market and start appealing to those fans. They're going no matter what, yeah. I think. And I, I think, think there's almost no chance. Like yeah. if they're not canceling Senators games right now <laughs> with 10 people on the list, when are they going to cancel? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think the worst case scenario is that you're right. It uh we haven't had really like cross contamination between the teams yet. If it gets to that point, I could definitely see it happening in terms of, you know, them actually like moving games and scheduling and you know, moving schedules around uh to make the games work because the NHL wants to have a full... They want to have everything. They want to have the full 82-game season. They want to have their All-Star break. They want to have the Olympics. But yeah, if crazy. it gets to... Yes. It, but if it gets to the point where um, it gets to be too much, something will have to give. And the first thing will probably be the Olympics. Because even though the, it's good for the NHL's publicity, they still have to... I believe they're still paying for like um like you know insurance and stuff like that. It's They didn't get everything they wanted in that you know Olympic deal or you know, their agreement with the IIHF, so, or I guess the IOC in this case. But, you know, uh, it's definitely the Olympics will be the first to go if uh, things get worse, but let's hope they don't. So let's just hope that this is, you know, another isolated incident. Like I said, the Penguins one wasn't nearly as bad, but I can't, I can't, like, it. we talked about this, but I, the NHL doesn't have an official list of players out or in COVID protocols this year, unlike last year. So it's a bit... It's been a bit more difficult to try and see where these breakouts happen unless, you know, a team beat reporter is talking about it. So um, as far as I'm aware, there haven't been many other major, you know, cases like this. No. So and I think the main thing is, like, if somebody gets really sick from it and not just like you're vaccinated, you catch it, you're under the weather for a couple days and then you test negative, then maybe it becomes a situation where they have to take it more seriously. But as of right now, it seems like I think Crosby was out for about a week with COVID. Mm -hmm. So like that seems to be around the standard or less, you know, like some guys are recovering quicker. If you go to cap friendly and you look through each individual team, they have a section called non-roster and that's essentially the COVID list. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. But there isn't. As far as I know, and centralized yeah, centralized spot. list because last yeah. last season the NHL did put out a big a big list or at least yeah. they at least I remember them 
you know, putting out a big list. So I, I think there's probably just not as like not enough guys being put on the list for them to bother with it this year. And also they probably just want to keep that as hushed as possible yeah. just to not have bad uh, PR for the league. But yeah, uh, that's probably all we have to say about the Senators COVID thing. We obviously hope that nobody else in the league catches it. Nobody else in the world catches it. You know, it's just enough's enough. <laughs> Hopefully we can get through this thing so we can get back to some sense of normalcy. But uh, before we move on, we got to tell you about DirecTV Stream. Because does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. So I think we're bringing back our cross-check of the week segment, which we haven't done consistently this season because it's still early and there's not as many crazy things that happen early to that we fair. need to like cut things up to be fair it's been a very difficult handful of weeks to up to a month uh talking about news yes uh, so this you is definitely true. you definitely don't want us to be you know cross-checking and having you know viewpoints like that uh for things like the blackhawks stuff so yes i i understand why we haven't really done it but it is good to bring it back though i think we, we might agree well it depends i'm excited to see what you say because i know that this is from from looking at the doc it is something you really really want to talk about so yes get let's get into it so yeah obviously uh I mean, the cross check isn't really necessarily about us disagreeing. It's about no. Let's make it us. Some... Yeah. Let's make it about us disagreeing. But yes, it is about okay. us. You know, um, checking the narratives uh, yes. of a story. But it is it is fun to disagree sometimes, as long as you know yeah. you know we we don't mean it. And I'm definitely not out to get you at all, Andrew. <laughs> yes, this is definitely what I thought. Mary always out to get me. Mm -hmm. You're so mean spirited, yeah, not I'm, kind at all. Yeah, terrible person. I am just horrible. <laughs> All right, <laughs> it's the flyer in you. Yep, it's that Philly. It's that Philly blood. Let's go. Time to fight. Yeah. Every time I start the podcast, she just throws a battery at the screen. Oh, hey, <laughs> that joke is so tired. <laughs> so tired. I'm still gonna bring it back. I know. All right, so John Tortorella was on. It's on ESPN, right? Yes, I believe so. Not TNT. Sorry, I don't get to watch the American broadcast. I just get to watch the highlights of it. Uh, and he goes on a, a bit of a rant because I guess for some reason they're talking about uh, Connor McDavid not drawing as many calls this year. And he essentially says that Connor McDavid needs to shut up and change his game because he can't score that much in the playoffs. And the way that it was represented on social media is not nearly as nu nuanced as what he said on the actual broadcast. Like I watched the clip. And it seemed like he was more saying the shut up part was definitely not nuanced, but what he said afterwards about changing his game, he definitely didn't mean like he needs to start playing like a checker and block shots and stuff. It was just that he said that he wanted to adjust his game slightly for the playoffs. Still though, no, 
And this whole attitude of shut up and change your game to the best player in the NHL, maybe the best player we've had since Mario Lemieux, is a symptom of why this sport is so goddamn broken. That we're really going to sit here and say that the best player in the world needs to change their game to win. If that's true, the game doesn't work. The game doesn't work. And if John Tortorella had been paying attention over the last couple of years, he would know that McDavid actually has changed his game. His defensive game has gotten significantly better over the last couple of years. So my question is, after John Tortorella got so much good press over the whole Blackhawks situation, why is he so focused on making sure he never gets an NHL coaching gig again? (laughs) I mean... Okay, here's here's where I'm going to be. Hot takes. My opinion, it's that tweet. I feel bad for our country, but this is tremendous content. This, <laughs> this is what we need in the NHL. Not, not him coaching, but him having the hot, fiery takes that have us all talking. This is what we need. Like, I... I don't care if he ever steps back behind the bench of a, you know, an NHL team ever again. If he wants to continue spitting, you know, hot fire takes like, you know, Stephen A. Smith um, and all that, I'm perfectly fine with it. I mean, I do not agree with what he said, uh, but that's what makes this, in my opinion, a fun discussion because he's he's wrong. Or at least we say he's wrong, but it's fun to debate this. And I mean, like, we're not really going to do much debating because it's clear we agree here. McDavid like has changed his game to be more defensive but he's an incredible hockey player and one player does not you know make a stanley cup contender basically like he can only do so much and he's done so much for the team and we've seen you know alex ovechkin got the same change his game change your game if you want to win comments and you know what changed around the capitals they build a really good they really build a really good team around him so a lot of that will you know probably be the same for mcdavid if he ever does win stanley cup let's let's hope he does because i think we'll all be fortunate you know as hockey fans if we do because he's an incredible player but for me this is great content just to talk about like I'd, i'm i'm all for this bring it on tortorella I, mean- I know he got some good press but like this is great, in my opinion. <laughs> it makes for a very easy segment, right? Yes. Because it gets everyone fired up. And I understand that aspect of it from like the entertainment perspective. However, I think it's bad hockey commentary. Because <laughs> this whole approach of the old school, like you understand why star players struggled to play under John Tortorella, right? Like, can you imagine him saying that to the, the Sidian twins? Like, you guys got to change your game to play for me. You don't have enough success. Like, well, they went to a Stanley Cup final. They were one game uh, away from winning a Stanley Cup in 2011. You know, and that only really went sideways on them because the Bruins were allowed to do whatever the hell they wanted. You know, the officials just took a vacation in that final. So, I it just it bothers me that no one challenged him. You know what I mean? Like, on the broadcast, I'm fine with somebody having that opinion. But I find oftentimes it's placed on like they have that set up and it was I don't know who the host was because I don't watch American TV. Obviously, I watch the Canadian (laughs) broadcast and it was like Barry Melrose and John Tortorella. And it's like, okay, these are the two guys who are authorities and they agree. And therefore, next, like if you're going to make compelling TV, you have to have someone else on there who's like, what are you talking about? Connor McDavid needs to change his game. And that's where I think hockey broadcasts have a lot of trouble because everyone is too nicey nice. You know what I mean? Like they'll say something about someone who's not in the room, but they won't get in each other's faces. There's no 
Stephen A. Smith versus the other guy that he used to be on the show with, Skip Bayless, you know, like where they would actually get off, like get in each other's faces and argue with each other. There's not really that on hockey broadcasts. And I'm not saying that they need to like be rude and argue with each other. But when people say stuff like John Tortorella at the end of his little one minute rant or whatever said, Ovi changed his game and then he won a cup. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. You know, the only way that Ovi's game changed as he got older is he started making more defensive sacrifices to get more offense because he was no longer the player who could do both. When Ovi came into the league, he was an absolute monster, a hockey playing robot who could not be knocked off the puck, who was dominant offensively, defensively, and in transition. Like you look at his underlying numbers, fantastic. The Capitals were so much better when he was on the ice. Later in his career, things fell off in a big way defensively. Over the last like five, six years, he's one of the worst defensive players in the entire NHL because he takes time off in the defensive zone, doesn't do a lot to conserve his effort so he can still score 50 goals a year. Like you said, Mary, earlier, the difference was they built a better team around him. They brought, brought in Barry Trotz. He created a defensive system that would actually insulate Ovechkin so that he could continue being that impact player. Connor McDavid is not insulated. That's the biggest deal is you have to have a player like that. You have to facilitate them to be the best that they can be. If you're sitting there telling them they have to change their game, you're just wrong. You hear it all the time with Steve Eiserman. Oh, well, Steve Eiserman changed his game and got more defensive. And that's why Detroit run one. Uh, no, uh, they won because they also got Sergey Fedorov and they also got Nick Lidstrom. And they built a better team around him. That's the difference. It's not that Steve Eiserman magically sacrificed offense for defense. He got older. The game changed. The game wasn't as high scoring in general. So he couldn't put up 150 points a season. He just got worse as he aged. He didn't get better defensively. He was the same player the whole time. Most players don't dramatically change to win championships the team around them gets better. Yeah, and Barry Trotz didn't ask Ovechkin to change. He built a system around him exactly. to make to make that team overall a more cohesive unit and to let Ovechkin shine. I don't remember who the coach was before that, but wasn't there like a season where uh, the coach of the Capitals asked Ovechkin to be more defensive and it didn't really work out? I feel yes, like I've heard Dale, this. Dale Hunter, and yes. it ended up being that uh, Ovechkin got less ice time in the playoffs than Jay fucking Beagle. Yeah. Sorry for the F-bomb. <laughs> it's like... It's the dumbest garbage. Like, I hate that hockey man attitude. Like, I don't care how good defensively you think Jay Beagle is. If he's getting more ice time for your team than Alex Ovechkin, you're a moron. Like, you just don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And there's no surprise that Dale Hunter hasn't coached in the NHL since then. Yeah. And I mean, currently, it doesn't seem like uh, Dave Tippett, the coach of the Oilers, is asking McDavid to do to change his game in that regard. In fact, the Oilers are, you know, top of the Pacific this year. Yeah, they're playing great. Yeah, they're and playing great the hockey. The only guy that uh, Tippett has kind of called out has been Dreisaitl, saying that he had too many turnovers. So Yeah, I so... Mean, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know the numbers on that, so I can't, you know, argue either way. But the point is, is that things are going well for the Oilers. Will this turn them into, you know, a, a Stanley Cup champion? Who's to say? We have no idea. Um, I think that the Oilers look good, though. And we've said this before. I think this is the best version of this Oilers team we've seen in a long time, or at least, you know, since McDavid has, you know, joined the organization. I think this is the most well-rounded team. I still don't know if I trust their goaltending as far as I can throw them. But No, not at all. That's the big hitch yeah, there. Right? Yeah, but, 
you never know. There's still additions that could be made. Things can, you know, turn, like, go different ways. Or, you know, Mike Smith can continue to um, impress me and just be a really good goaltender. You, you, we, never, we don't know how it's going to go down. But it is a very, you know, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't get this comment from Tortorella. Um, and it was John Butchergrass who was also on the on the panel with him because it was you know espn's intermission show the point which i think is hosted by butchergrass i don't i don't watch their intermission show i should because i do have american television but i'm not the biggest butchergrass fan so sorry uh but yeah uh it would have been nice to see a little more pushback because you're right you don't have to get in uh to his face about it but you know did what he said wasn't correct uh you're allowed to disagree with somebody else in the room yeah yeah. I, I just find that that approach is so hockey and it, it is super boring to me. I wish that they would actually have not even an argument, but a disagreement where people bring up opposing points and say, like, no, I don't agree. Like just that one sentence. No, I don't agree. Or that's not right. You, you just don't see that on a hockey broadcast. The most you might get from that is like Kevin Bieksa will make fun of someone on Hockey Night in Canada. But it's like always tongue in cheek, right? It's never actually like I greatly disagree with that. Like even remember we talked about a segment earlier in the year where I think I'd sent it to you. It was like Hockey Night in Canada went over the uh, locker room speech from Sheldon Keefe during their All or Nothing series. And everyone on the panel just agreed that it was awful and not the speech that they needed to hear at that time. And it was bad coaching. And it was like five different people all agreed. And I was like, you guys realize they outshot the Canadians in overtime in that game, like 13 or 14 to one. Right. And then the one shot they faced went off of a skate and in the net, like they plowed them. Clearly it was the right speech, but nobody had the wherewithal to actually disagree or even bring up a counterpoint, you know? And that just, it bores the hell out of me that we never get a counterpoint. It's all just like old school hockey. This is how it is. Don't challenge anyone. Yeah, so I think what we've learned here is that I would like Tortorella to continue to have these hot takes, but just someone challenge him, really. Yeah, bring in somebody who's not afraid of him mm -hmm. exactly. or who doesn't have the same experience. Bring in a, a former player who has a different perspective. Like, you shouldn't have two hockey coaches on the same panel who basically think the same way. It doesn't provide anything. You know what they should do is get a rotating cast of a random person on Twitter.com to sit on these panels. Oh, God. And just, you know, let's go at it. I would absolutely be here for that. Just just give it to me now. I feel like, Andrew, you're lining up to be first in line for this chance to go at Tortorella on his hockey man stance. Uh, but I think that would be a fun uh, fun gig. I don't... I, it, in practice, not at all. But in theory, it's pretty fun to think about. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. I wouldn't be afraid. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's why we need people like you. And I, I know there's a lot of people out there on hockey Twitter who would absolutely love to have their chance to be like, hey, hockey men, here's what I think. And actually, you know, broadcast it. I just I don't know. It's just a just a fun thought experiment yeah. for you today. All right. So. The take home point here. Players who are elite, if you're telling them to change their game, you're wrong. And you should feel bad about yourself. <laughs> and if the fact of the matter is that Connor McDavid needs to change his game to win, then the game is broken. And 
I've wanted to bring this up under different contexts over the last little while here, but people talk about like, oh, well, Connor McDavid draws lots of calls. So why are the Oilers complaining? Well, it's probably because he's drawing less calls now. And also because we're just out of the first month of the season now. So power play opportunities are a little bit high. But as the season goes on, I have no doubt whatsoever that this season will be the same as the last however many seasons in a row, and power play numbers will go down slightly. Last season, there were 2.89 power play opportunities per team per game. That is the lowest mark in NHL history. The lowest mark before that was two years before that. The lowest mark before that was two years before that. We are in the era of the fewest power plays in the history of that being tracked in the NHL. That goes back to 1963-64. So when everybody talks about like too many power plays, quiet. You don't know what you're talking about. In the dead puck era, the height of the dead puck era, 2002, 2003, 2003, 2004, there were 4.24 and 4.42 power play opportunities per team per game. After the lockout, that went up to 5.85 with the increase in obstruction calls. Let's stop with this idea that refs impact the game by making calls. Refs impact the game by not making calls. We got to start pressuring the NHL to call a game appropriately. Yeah, and I think uh, it can be best summed up by, who is it? Was it Dom Lucision that put out that video of McDavid not like in the playoffs getting, you know, hooked and you know slashed and all that nothing was called because he didn't get anything like there were no penalties called against like you know called against not against him but you know what i'm trying to say like he didn't draw any yeah he didn't draw a single call in in the playoffs which was crazy and i mean i know the oilers bowed out early but still that's obnoxious that yeah it was Connor mcdavid best player in the nhl didn't draw any penalties in the playoffs where there are absolutely penalties being, being, you know, as, like, you know, drawn and assessed and all that. It's just, it, it's wild to me uh, that we're still on this slant that it's, you know, McDavid needs to change and not the NHL needs to change uh, the way that they ref the games because, um, you know, more power play opportunities means more chances to score, means goals go up, means more excitement. Hooray. We all win. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it, it, we need to change the game significantly and that's there's just no doubt about it you you can't look at it objectively and say that the trend in terms of what's being called and what's not being called is good it's just not so we'll wrap it up there but uh we also got to tell you about bet online they're back and they're better than ever a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props odds and lines than ever before BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile app to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, and baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. I have to say, Mary, that where the game starts, I like that hook better than the last one from BetOnline. <laughs> I think it, it goes easier, and uh, it, it's a better hook. It's a better hook. 
Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It, yeah, I like it a lot, and I'm all about, you know, ease of readability for these uh, these ads we got to do to, you know, keep up our our, uh, our paychecks and whatnot. So <laughs> This is true. All right, so uh, the Maple Leafs and the Canucks are headed in very different directions. Uh, the Maple Leafs are finally getting some of the results that they've earned over the course of the season after having some pretty spectacular play overall but they just have had terrible shooting luck. They must have told themselves that it was the playoffs or something because it just hasn't been working for them so far this season until recently. They look like they might be a contender again now. Yeah, and I mean, there was a stat, I don't have it handy, but for a while, the core four, as they call them, were scoring all the goals for the team. Tavares, Nylander, Marner, and Matthews. Uh, They had scored like, I want to say, at least 15 straight goals for the Maple Leafs, something to that effect. Um, and as the core four goes for the Maple Leafs, so does the Maple Leafs. Uh, so we talked earlier in the season about how uh, a lot of them have been pretty cold other than, I think, Nylander. But, uh, you know, now that they're all back within, like, you know, they're lighting it up on the score sheet. I don't think it's going to continue all season because players like them will go through, you know, hot streaks and cold streaks. Uh, and right now everyone is aligned and everyone is hot right now. But this is a great sign for the Maple Leafs, I think. You know, their fears can be, you know, you know, taken down a little bit that these are, that this team wasn't going to get it back together. I, I, I know that that was probably a big reaction from the playoffs last season, uh, but still, it, it's good to see the Maple Leafs back in form this year. Yeah, it is. And I mean, obviously there's some leftover bad feelings from last season. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that carried over to the start of the year. Like, you could see it, the posture of the team. I mean, even Marner specifically. Yes, definitely specifically Marner. It took a while for him to get that off of his shoulders. And he started to, like, even though if you look at the underlying numbers, Marner's play at the start of the year was still really good. He was a really good offensive generator. He just wasn't able to complete anything you know like he was doing everything well until the last thing that he had to do whether it was a pass or a shot it just wasn't what he needed to do and the fact is like still he has 14 points in 16 games which is perfectly fine maybe not for his salary range but it's a decent start to the year overall he's only shooting seven percent his career average is over 11 and a similar thing is going on with austin matthews austin matthews only has six goals, which is weird to say because that's not a bad amount of goals in 13 games. It's almost half goal a game. He's shooting 10.5%. He usually shoots about 16%. So as good as things have been going for the Maple Leafs and as good as the top four look game in and game out, they should be even better, which is pretty scary. In terms of like five-on-five play, only the Minnesota Wild have been better at controlling expected goals so far this season. So like... This team, now that it's starting to get a little bit of luck on their side, it's going to be pretty scary. Like, they're a really good team until the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry to any Maple Leafs fans listening, but it's true. And you're right in that, like, some of that, you know, fear and stuff has come through this year, too. And that makes sense because, I mean, the Maple Leafs can do anything they want in the regular season, but the playoffs are what matters. And um, they haven't shown yet that they can get over that. But I think for them, it's basically all mental at this point it, it really really is i mean i know they've gotten some bad breaks and whatnot but they have to believe that they can make it to the next step so that personally it'd be great 
it to see they if they don't if they don't because that means you know more content more you know possibility for like chaos said, fantastic content yeah that's the tweet that keeps on giving in my opinion but like it, it makes for great content it makes for incredible chaos but for you know the hopes and dreams and sanity of maple leafs fans i hope they get there and also i think that would be a good story too because i'd love to see what the maple leafs do in the playoffs once they you know finally have gotten over their you know we can't do it mentality yes you can you're a great hockey team you've shown that in the regular season now show it in the playoffs um, but it is scary that, you know, Marner and Matthews aren't scoring at the rate you would expect them to. And trends say they're only going to get better from here. Uh, so it's going to be a very difficult road um, for teams uh, in the Atlantic this year. And they're already starting to make some headway. I mean, they're second in the Atlantic, only two points behind uh, Florida with Florida having a game in hand on them. But Florida hasn't looked great recently. So... There is potential for them to catch up and overtake Florida pretty soon, honestly, in the in yeah. the Atlantic. Which is pretty incredible considering the start that Florida had and the start that the Maple Leafs had. But yeah. But it's also early, not so. super surprising that the Leafs can do this, right? Like we know how good they are from the last several regular seasons. So all the power to them. And I think it helps also that Jack Campbell has been lights out. Yeah. Although their, their goaltending situation is also precarious. I was going to say precarious is the right word for that situation because uh, there is a steep drop off um, yes. in talent there. So, I mean, it's probably way too early to be looking out, um, you know, on the trade market or, you know, free agency and whatnot. But like, or I guess the trade market, but it's still way too early to be looking at the trade deadline. But I, I, they need to upgrade in goal. They have to, unless you know Peter Morazic or Michael Hutchinson, they can you know show that they're better than they've shown so far. But Campbell is leading the way with a what I think nine three nine save percentage, and everybody else is yeah, below nine hundred. So I mean, they, yeah, but the rest of them then only you got to think about Jack games, Campbell. But the thing about Jack Campbell also is like his career high game is played in a season is something like twenty nine. I think yeah. It's it's all uh, 31. Yeah. 31. But still. His career high games started as 25. Yeah. So it's a long grind of a season. We're only in mid November. We're not even at American. I was, gonna, I was about to say American Christmas. This. American Christmas. What's American Christmas? Mary? I don't I don't know. But at least I is this myself. the new Christmas that we've uh, advocated moving the holidays to No, American Christmas <laughs> is Christmas is all through November two now because uh, a, radio, a local radio station is finally playing Christmas music. So I've been jamming out to that when I've been driving. The point being, I was going to say American Thanksgiving here, uh, but we're not even at American Thanksgiving yet. So it is it's going to be a long season. It's that's definitely something to pay attention to because even if the Maple Leafs could score and at will, seemingly, if they're letting in goals left and right, they're going to be losing games like how they how they won games back when it was like, you know, the 7-6 Maple Leafs, you know. So that is definitely something to look forward to at least paying attention to. But I, I definitely think they need to upgrade in goal before the playoffs come because, I mean, heaven forbid Jack Campbell gets injured too. Then what do they do? They've got, they've got nothing. Nobody. Yeah, that's they'd be straight up the creek with that one. That's that's a tough one. But Mary, I'm glad that you brought up American Thanksgiving because... No, you mean American, American Christmas. Thanksgiving. Yes, American Christmas. Because we've got to talk about American Thanksgiving. Because we all love Thanksgiving. All the food and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you just want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for a Bilt Bar. 
Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar, with plenty of protein. Replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar. You know what? I actually tried the coconut Built Bar finally, Mary, in the package that we got sent, and I really liked it. It was like a less sweet bounty bar, which... If you like coconut, which I do, I like bounty bars. I know it's a controversial take. I heard a lot of people around Halloween saying they didn't like bounty bars, but I do. So I like the coconut built bar. Or you could go for a raspberry built bar instead of a raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calories, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a built bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So, check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendars. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com to use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So a bit of a addendum to our first segment here. It sounds like the Ottawa Senators are going to be postponing games. So our talk about, well, if they're not going to postpone games now, they won't do it at all. Uh, they're going to postpone some games. According to Darren Drager, or at least that's who I read it from first, uh, could be the next three games for Ottawa, which is a little bit dicey. Three games to reschedule in this tight ski- season is... Uh, is a bit much. What do you think, Mary? No, I mean, I think what we said up at the top still stands. I thought, you know, if it got worse, they would only start to postpone games. Uh, I think you're right in that it's kind of dicey, but the NHL is kind of like how schools do it. They build in, I assume, days that they can flex, like like snow days for schools. Yeah. They built in days There's that they could flex. Level, yeah. yeah, they could flex. They, they had to have. I don't think, for how much criticism we give the NHL, I think the NHL is smart enough to know that in a pandemic, with the pandemic still going on in a, what they hope to be an 82-game season, they would have built in some flex days uh, for stuff like this to happen. Um, obviously, you hope it doesn't go longer than that because you're probably getting into even more dicey territory. But I, I would like to think that the NHL has flex days for, you know, teams and stuff like that. So, or even like they can move the playoffs out just a little, you know, they have like some buffer time before the playoffs start to get some games. Cause I know that I believe the playoffs are a little bit later this year. So maybe there's room for them to move stuff around. Um, but I think this is the, the right call. Like I said, that I would have postponed games, you know, a handful of days ago but it's good that they made the correct it's good they made the correct call now um like i said health and safety is the priority here so you know it is it is what it is it it sucks but it's good at the same time i'm glad we're you know we're actually finally getting some you know movement on this because i wasn't sure if the nhl would but i'm happy they're doing it i wouldn't worry too much about the olympics right now i think it only gets to the point where multiple teams have to postpone games out for like like if we're looking at a Canuck situation from last season, I think that's where we get into trouble. I think the NHL probably has flex days that they can use for stuff like this. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that three games is probably getting to around the maximum though, that they can push for one team. So it, if this is the, like the first domino of many, the Olympics might be in trouble, but if it's just one blip, we're probably going to be yeah, all if they right. can so contain hopefully it, it's one blip. If they can contain it, I think it'll be fine. It's just, you know, we'll see if 
this was the correct decision now or they should have done it like a handful of days ago. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, so the pop culture roulette segment, Mary, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch much this weekend. I don't know what how much time you had, but I did do one crazy thing, and that was on Game Over Montreal for the Saturday game. I had my good buddy Julian McKenzie from the, C, uh, from the CJ show over, and we did the Hot Ones Gauntlet live on stream. And that was uh, a challenge, I'll tell you that. Oh, Andrew, I'm so glad, you know, that you're you're producing content, even though it pains you, because this is, man, it's, uh, we should just, you know, title this episode, uh, this is bad for our country, but this is tremendous content, because I am, I'm so, I'm so, so sorry, Andrew, uh, I am notoriously, I can deal with a little bit of spice, but I cannot do spice like, like that, and who oh boy. I am so sorry for your mouth, but it is just like that, um, the, you know, the Paul Rudd look at us meme. And I even saw you did like a, I think on Twitter, you did like a Photoshop of that clip. So that was good. Yeah, it was uh, a guy who makes memes for like all of SDPN, uh, who's not an employee. He just really likes the whole network, uh, put mine and Julian's faces over Paul Rudd and good. Sean Evans. That was good. It was, it was good. It was tremendous. So, content. so how, so how was it? Were you like, you know, are you still feeling it? <laughs> No, no. I, honestly, it was like 15 minutes after we were done. No residual heat problems. But after the last dab, which we did pretty significant amounts on that last wing, I had a like a serious head rush oh boy. for upwards of two hours. Wow. Like it was pretty crazy how much it affects you. So I was surprised at that. I think... Doing it over the course of an hour allowed us to not be too overwhelmed by the whole situation. I think if we'd done it faster, it probably like the heat would have built harder on us. But overall, I thought the first five wings were just like straight up good. They were just good, delicious sauces and not really that hot. Like you could feel warmth or whatever, but it wasn't like overwhelming. And then you get to like six and okay, this is a little bit warm. And seven is like, okay, that's hot. It actually like hurts a little bit to breathe in and out, but it still tastes good. Then you get to the bomb and it tastes awful and it hurts. And if you get it on your lips, you're in serious trouble. Like I was, people were making fun of me on the stream because it looked like I was wearing lipstick because mm-hmm. my lips got so like, uh, like pink fuchsia almost. But uh, yeah, it was, it was very intense towards the end. And the last dab was, it was no joke. I'll, I'll say that. Like it, it was 15 minutes of hard to breathe, hard to talk, but we managed to get through it. We managed to broadcast through it, which is a serious challenge when like breathing in and out and talking makes it more painful, <laughs> but it was fun. Uh, in the moment, I was like, man, I wouldn't do this again. <laughs> but now a couple days oh, removed, no. I'm like, I would totally do that Andrew, again I think, in the right situation. I think your hubris is getting to you. Maybe no, I mean, I thought, I thought going into it that by like the third or fourth wing that I'd be in trouble because I'm not a huge spicy food person. But now after doing it, I think 10 wings where like the buildup is very gradual, it isn't quite enough to like knock you off your feet for a long period of time. I think if I had to do 10 wings of any of the last four, that would be a serious problem. Yeah. But the fact that you have those other wings that you're just coasting through and enjoying, 
totally fine. And then at the end, it's like a bit of pain, but you can get through it and it's all right. Yeah. And I, I told the guys at the Steve Dangle podcast, I was like, if you fly me out there, I will bring the sauces myself and we will do it live on an episode of the Steve Dangle podcast. And no takers yet. Ooh. They they seem a little bit afraid. You need to throw down. You're throwing down the gauntlet, Andrew. Yeah, I'm going to right after the show, after we're done recording, I'm going to post it out on Twitter yes. and challenge them. Throw, throw down the gauntlet. I'm so here for it. And you do get to a certain point, though, where it's, you know, it's not just you. It's so hot. You can't taste anything. It's like that's the worst part. I don't understand why people go that far, because then what's the what's the enjoyment? You're not tasting anything. It's just hot unless they, you know, get enjoyment out of that hot part. But I never do. So I stop way, way, way before then. But I don't mind a little bit of spice, but just just a little. Not like you need it to still be good, but not to the point where you can't taste anything. Because, yeah, then what's the point? One one takeaway that I had was only one of the sauces was legitimately bad tasting. Like, I don't remember much of the taste of the last one because it, it was like very like the first hit is like vinegar and then if you breathe in which i did the spice goes like right to the back of your throat because like just like when you breathe in like a salt and vinegar chip right you can like start to cough and choke it was that same situation but also combined with heat so that was a little bit difficult but the taste wasn't bad but the bomb tastes disgusting it's, <laughs> it's very bad but the rest of the sauces you can tell they pay a lot of attention to detail in like balancing the flavors and getting different sauces that all taste different so like, I feel like up to the seventh one, I would have on wings and enjoy the whole way through. Yeah, that makes sense. And sadly, though, I have nothing really to follow up, or at least nothing as exciting as that to follow up on, other than my, I don't know, my cat is being obnoxious today. <laughs> <laughs> she is she is going all out in ways to annoy me, and I'm not sure what she's doing. The Really, though, nothing has like I didn't do much pop culture this weekend. I finished Lock and Key, which I said was really good. Very much enjoyed it. Um, My sister, I thought, you know, I think overblue, like overblown um, stuff about say goodbye to some of your favorite characters. Um, It was sad, but not like, you know, it wasn't as emotionally devastating as I was preparing for it to be, which is good. I, I, I'm okay with, you know, not as much emotional devastation. Um, But then also the new season of Doctor Who has been going on, and I have not watched uh, the most recent episode from Sunday, but I hopefully will within the next couple of days because I've been busy, but that has been good. Um, I know people, you know, have mixed feelings on the past couple of seasons of Doctor Who with Jodie Whittaker at the helm, but she's fantastic. I've been really enjoying the, like, it's a really short season this year. It's like six episodes and it's all one extended story. So I've been really enjoying the kind of change of pace and, um, you know, the different uh like story structure i think it's been uh really neat so far and the things i have seen of the episode from sunday make me really excited so i really want to watch it i just i i work while it uh, while it broadcasts so it's unfortunate but it's been it's been good so far so that's kind of really all i have in terms of pop culture definitely nothing as spicy as chicken wings <laughs> so yeah but that's I hear that. yeah that's all for me um you know been playing video games i have a book from the library so we'll see if i get to that but the big thing is uh this weekend i'm going to see a penn state football game so it'll be nice to be back um at my alma mater and you know just enjoying the college atmosphere once again all right well we'll wrap it up there on the cross check nhl show but before we let you go, we'll have, we have to thank you for making us your first listen every Tuesday and Thursday. And make sure you make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight 
from Lee Sterling. And hey, when we had Lee on the Crosscheck NHL Show's live season preview show, he gave us some bets that are all looking extremely good so far this season. So definitely check him out. 